Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I want to get into some plays from the other night, the Monday night game that the Bucks eked out. It was I went back and watched the the TV replay of that. I still don't know how they won that game, man. <laughs> I mean, and this is a fair question, Steve Versnick, is did the Bucks did the Bucks have a miraculous comeback or did New Orleans just completely fold their tent and give that one away? Because there's two sides to every story, man. Well, it's a little bit of both. Yeah, that's but I mean, true. when the Bucks punt on fourth and ten with what seven, eight minutes to go, right? Like and had done nothing. Like New Orleans, nothing. Needs to, New Orleans needs to lock that down at that point. You're up Absolutely. two scores. You need to just lock it down. You can't run yeah. out of bounds a yard short of a first down. Right, and that yeah, that was uh, that was a mistake. Mm-hmm. And that running back, help me with the name, who Mark was Ingram. it again? Mark Ingram. He was hurt previous mm-hmm. to that went back in the game and because he wasn't his leg wasn't feeling good he kind of he didn't really pull up but he kind of said okay i've gone far enough but and he apologized for it later on twitter like hey that was on me that was stupid play not only did they run out of bounds a yard short and this is in the fourth quarter where as we know every second ended up mattering because the bucks won with three got them three seconds left on the clock not only did they do that on the next play it's it's fourth and or third and one. They throw the ball. Okay, two things about throwing the ball. Actually, three. Two things can happen that are bad. Um, okay, but you're throwing the ball, and you only need a yard. So not a great play call, maybe. But even a worse play call when you're trying to run the clock. You know what I mean? You're sitting on a lead. Like all you're going to do if it's incomplete, you do two things and they're both bad. You don't get the first down and the clock stops. Hand it to Marshawn. Haven't we learned this already? I'm telling you. Although they so, don't have Marshawn, but but they got Kamara, yeah. they got Ingram, they yeah. got although Ingram not 100 percent healthy, but Taysom right. Hill. We had, Kamara was still in the game, wasn't he? Yeah. I I don't think Alvin was out of the game, so I mean yeah. you could have given it you could have given it to Alvin. Give it to any running back. Give it to Taysom Hill. Mm-hmm. I mean, Taysom Hill is their short yardage guy, you know, direct snap, all that stuff. But just at least, at least you accomplish one goal, which is to move clock, right? Or again, force them to call the timeout, which moves force clock them to later. Call the timeout, right? Mm-hmm. Make them use their timeouts. But either way, it's a win, even if you don't get the first down. But they drop back, they throw the slant, it's incomplete, and now they have to punt, and the clock has stopped. So that was a dumb play. Um, the other play that, and I wrote about this in the Tampa Bay Times and on TampaBay.com, you know, there were some really good defensive plays in that game, and there was some really some bust as well. And Keanu Neal was involved in, in both. <laughs> but, uh, you know, after the sack by Carl Nassib, you know, the Bucks need the ball back again. And after the sack by Carl Nassib, it's third and 17, right? And you're thinking, well, there you go. The defense has them now. And, you know, Nassib had not sacked the quarterback that night mm-hmm. uh, and, and really hasn't had many sacks since he's come back. But he beat the tight end. He beat Troutman. And 
it took them a while. It was really a coverage deal where they, they locked down the receivers. Dalton kind of held on to the ball too long. Mistake by him. But he eventually sheds the tight end. And so he gets he gets Dalton on the ground. Third and 17, that's a win. You, you know, So they, they drop back. They play all kinds of soft zone, which you would expect. The linebackers are dropping too deep. Okay, all that. Keep them right in front of the sticks, right? Anything in front of the sticks, third and 17, we're off the field. We get the ball back. Brady has a chance to win it. Andy Dalton has time, and he throws the most beautiful pass that arcs perfectly over the linebackers' heads and and nestles down in between the corner, which is at that time Jamel Dean, and the safety, which is Ken O'Neill. And it's right Taysom Hill. And Hill has it in his hands, and it is firmly in his hands, and he begins to put the ball away. And it's a first down. And, and the Bucks have timeouts. But, you know, if they get the ball back, it's going to be with just seconds left. Instead, Count O'Neill times his hit. And he's, he's, a good, he's a good three, four yards away when the, when the actual ball hits Hill's hands. But he manages to hit him in the ribs pretty much. And he does it with his shoulder pad. He doesn't. Lower the crown of his helmet, which is, you know, number one, because it would have been a defenseless receiver deal. Uh, and he jars that ball loose. And for all the world, like you can hear uh, Aikman go, oh, my gosh, like he thinks it's a catch. Everybody did. I mm-hmm. did. And you see the ball's on the ground. And, 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 you know, Neil is celebrating. That play was huge. And, you know, when you consider that they started the game without Antoine Winfield Jr., um, you know, they didn't have Sean Murphy bunting. Uh, you know, Neil had to play back there. Logan Ryan was just off IR. Logan Ryan didn't make any plays, right? He was kind of the, you know, Richard Sherman of his day. You know, he was out there, but, you know, whether, whether he felt up to the task or not, we, you know, you just needed to get through a game. You know, make the right communications and the checks and all that. And, you know, that, that hit was so large that he gave him the ball back, not only with... Uh, you know, more than two minutes to go, but also, you know, their timeouts were preserved because they had made the previous play. And, um, you know, if you look, if you watch that game, like the Saints had so many chances, right? Uh, and the Bucks defense stood up each time. I mean, you know, holding them to three field goals, you give up a touchdown anywhere in there and it's game over. And the one touchdown they did give up it's a coverage bus and it's on Taysom Hill. And, you know, I don't know that Neil was, that he was their primary guy. What really happens is again, on that side, I think it was Jamal Dean is watching uh, Dalton who kind of gives a pump fake to the inside and he moves him just a little bit. And then when he goes back outside, it, you know, you got no corner over there and it's just the safety. Uh, and he, and he beats, you know, he, he goes ahead and he beats Dean with a, with a perfect throw. So that, you know, that was the mistake that Neil made up for. Uh, and the other thing that happened was, like, Zion McCallum got almost all the snaps at slot corner. And he was horrible. <laughs> and I love Zion. He's a really good kid. Um, and this was essentially a start for him, right? He essentially started and played this whole game. And the reason they put him there, as much as anything else, because they have D Delaney, they had other guys they could have played in there, um, is because of his speed. Chris Olave can fly. I mean, and and they like to run him vertical all the time. And they had one guy on that defense that could run with him. 
and that's that's Zion McCallum. We runs like uh, ran like a sub four three or something like that. So they got. I mean, they they managed to play really. You know, you know, look at the results. I mean, it's pretty good defense, giving up only sixteen again. Um, with kind of a patchwork secondary, other than you had you two starting corners, everybody else was sort of filling in. But I thought I thought those were important plays, you know. And and here's the thing. The Bucks needed every single break along the way, right? Just to get just to have Brady have a shot at it. I mean, hell, they overcame the holding penalty and had the touchdown taken off the board to Chris Godwin. You know? I mean, they 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 overcame a lot to win that game. And so you credit them, but you also say and how the Saints lose that game? I'm watching it on replay. There's about five minutes to go, and the Bucks had done nothing on offense. And this is the thing about winning, okay? It's the greatest deodorant in the world, right? Because they stunk it up. I mean, they stunk it up bad. I mean, when you consider that the Saints, yeah, they have their number, blah, blah, blah. But they had given up a total, a total of three points in three, three games at Raymond James Stadium. Until three minutes to go the other night. Three points in three games? Let me do the math here. That's one point a game. One point in an NFL game on average. It's insane that, that against the Tom Brady football team. Not just this year. Last year when they were scoring 30 a game. The year before when they were scoring a 30 a game. So the Saints just absolutely just have their number. They can't, they can't handle their defense. You know, so that's what was so huge about this was that, you know, and then everybody says, why don't you just go to the hurry up the whole game? That would be nice, except your defense, which is playing really well outside of not generating turnovers, but mm-hmm. they're playing really well, holding teams to 16, 20, yeah, yeah. et cetera, points a game. Now it's going to be on the field a lot more, particularly when you go three and out consistently. Exactly right. Exactly right. You will wear out your defense. You know, if you could make sure you're not going to go three and out on those drives. Sure. Yeah, no, that'd be that'd be swell. Um let's let's do that because, you know, they seem to be much better and you know, there's advantages to doing it. I mean, you you dictate, you know, you limit substitutions, but again, it requires first downs, right? And if you're not a very good running team and they're not, um, are you gonna throw it on every down? Well, that that might not be a, a smart thing to do, and you know what people don't realize is okay. So the Saints are trying to protect a thirteen point lead, and there's about five minutes to go, and we just outlined all the things that had to happen for the Bucks to to win that game, in addition to the playmaking, which is not insignificant. But you know, with the time, with all those breaks that they got, and you know, if I got a 13-point lead, man, I'm not blessing you. I'm not going to give up an, an over-the-top shot with a single safety to Julio Jones and one play, you're in the end zone. I can't do that. I need you to use your timeouts. I need you to eat up some clock here. There's only five minutes or so to go in the game, right? So Brady has been in this situation for 23 years, and he thrives at it. And the reason he thrives at it is, is I, you know, I'd love to put a heart monitor on this guy. His, his pulse is probably about 56 and so, you know, he knows where the soft spots are because the corners are off. You got two deep safeties. They're only rushing four, okay? And and you got five to block. 
and you can even keep a guy in if you want to. So he gets the ball out quick, and he's got open receivers. I mean, they're not press; they're not playing press man, right? So he gets the ball to the boundary. He gets guys out of bounds. And then every once in a while, he takes a deep shot. And that's when he gets the P.I. to Mike Evans. If they don't get a P.I. to Mike Evans and have to use more time to get down there, that put the ball on the one-yard line. Next play, Kate Otten's in the end zone. You know, and yes, folks, it was a P.I. Didn't need to be because I don't think he's going to catch the ball. But the guy, you know, definitely interfered with him. So, like, Brady is is so good at this because he he isn't hurried, he isn't stressed. Um, he gives his team, you know, that that's when he elevates the guys around him. You know, rookies like Kate Otten and uh, you know Rashad White, they can they can elevate their games because of how he is in the huddle in those situations. Um, and you know, he just gives confidence. The other thing he does is he strikes fear into the defense, like. I promise you, New Orleans had kicked the crap out of them the whole game, but in those two those those two minute drives or those you know last minute drives where they needed them both, they're the ones that are feeling pressure now. They're the ones that are afraid to make a mistake. It's really funny, you know. You can have all the success in the world, you know, until you get in those two minute situation. And you're like, holy crap, that's Tom Brady over there, and then he starts doing it to you, right? He starts completing balls. And and then you see a guy run by you over the top, and you get a pi, and you're like, oh my god! And so he 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 has this aura about him, you know. I mean, the greatest now, the greatest fourth quarter comeback quarterback ever, pa- passing Peyton Manning with 44. Uh, and that they don't react well to it. I mean, you could see that the Saints were stressed; their defense was in distress all of a sudden in those last two drives. So it's really funny to watch. It's fun to watch, but. Um, you couldn't do it. You can't. You can't run it the whole game from now. Could you go a little up tempo? Do you have to huddle on every play? No. You could start a game this way and just see how it goes. Um, you know, just to sort of add some spark and some fire to your offense and hope that you make first downs. But if you don't, to your point, they'll be back on the field in forty seconds. You know, and that's not necessarily a great recipe for success. So, I thought it was. Uh, it was a real interesting game to go back and watch and see that any one play changes the clock, changes the timeout situation, and the Bucks don't win. And for that reason, give credit Brady all you can give him because he is the GOAT, and in those situations he's now the greatest of all time. But he got a lot of help, man. And that's usually what has to happen for a comeback like that. You need the other team to make some mistakes down the road. Hey, I want to tell you about our friends at May Electric Solar. They're a family-owned and operated business. They've been installing solar electric systems for a dozen years, and there's a lot of these companies out there. They knock on your door, but May Electric Solar is committed to you for the long term. I want to tell you how. They guarantee their workmanship with a 30-year labor and service warranty. So something goes wrong over the next three decades, right? They're out there fixing it, no cost to you. Plus, Every installation, you get $750 worth of surge protection for all your appliances. That is what they call the May difference. If you visit their Hudson showroom, May Electric displays all their products. They conduct on-site testing. You can see exactly what they're going to install. Plus, they don't use subcontractors. Uh, those are the guys up on the roof that work for Billy May. Start saving today. Call the solar energy experts, May Electric Solar, at 727-819-2862. You can schedule a free estimate 
Lower your electric bill all year long and preserve the quality of your life and that of your appliances. It's May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. All right, there was some other news with the Bucks, And this one caught me a little off guard, Steve. They released, or waived, I should say, because he's eligible to waivers, Jalen Darden, the wide receiver, their, their, their punt returner, a sometime kickoff returner, the fourth-round pick out of Texas State in 2021, gone. Goodbye. Copy the home game. Yeah, a little surprising. I mean, he hasn't, hasn't really made splash plays right. in special teams, but he's been fairly consistent. And, you know, you look at his numbers, he's one of They're the better ones in the league. Yeah, uh, top you're not, ten. You're not getting the big runs, backs. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I'm guessing, and, and I'm sure you'll have more insight than this, but it's his lack of production as a receiver. Yeah, I, I think that's a I think that's a big part of it. I don't know that it's all of it. I you know because it was so sort of so super out of left field. Like I, you typically don't release your starting kick returner, you know, before you're going to go play the San Francisco 49ers. I mean, unless he's had you know a bunch of fumbles or you you know glaring mistakes that you can point to. Um, it's just you know. Maybe you need the roster spot for something, which is always a possibility. We don't know their injury situation, right? Um, but it is weird because this is a guy that they used, you know, considerable draft capital on. I mean, a fourth-round pick is is not, you know, totally bottom rung. And to your point, like, he led the NFL. He had had the most punt returns, which is a credit to the defense, is 31. And he had the most post-punt return yardage total, which is 330, so, but he averaged 10.6 yards of punt return, and that was somewhere in the top 10. I think it was around seventh of those guys that qualify. Uh, but, yeah, two catches the whole entire season for 26 yards. That right there, I think, you know, you only have so many guys you can dress. You have a 53-man roster. You can only dress 46-47 if you include the punter and the long snapper and the kicker. Um, you know, you're down to about 45 when you need, you know, 22 to play, you know, just to play offense and defense plus the subs and special teams. So it adds up pretty quickly. Um, and so, you know, they also released a couple guys from the practice squad, Dylan Cook and Ryan Smith, who's a defensive back that they brought back. But um, Darden, Darden was surprising to me. And, you know, that means now if you just went on the depth chart, Scotty Miller's listed as the backup punt returner, and now they've used Rashad White to return kickoffs. Kickoffs, listen, kickoffs is not a problem because at the end of the day, I thought Darden was was really was worse on kickoffs than he was punts because you know that requires you to run sort of full speed, you know, uh, in, in into the into the defense a little bit, make one guy miss, and try to get past the twenty five. Um, the punt return game is about judgment. You know, you have to know whether you're going to come up and call a fair catch, let it bounce, uh, be aware of where the end zone is, you know, so you don't mm-hmm. field a ball too close to that. So you have to make a, you have to make a, a decision about whether, you know, fair catch, not fair catch, and then you have to catch the ball. So there's a lot more involved than just a kickoff, right? If it goes over my head, I stand on the goal line, I let it be a touchback, whatever. Um, but here's the other thing I think. Here's what I think I think, as Peter King would say. I think they like some of their young guys and want to get them up. Guys like Devin Tompkins, who, you know, him and um, Kalen Geiger, those dudes 
caught everything. And what we don't get to see is you're like, well, they're on the practice squad, man. They're rookies. Why would they want these? Well, we don't see the practices. And the, the beauty of a guy who's on the practice squad, uh, one, it's not so good because you're not getting NFL money or NFL, you know, 53-man roster money, but you are getting, you can make as much as like $250,000 or so on a practice squad, which isn't bad coin. But they get, they're the ones that are out there simulating the other team's offense and making plays all over the field, right? Because, you know, you have a scout team score quarterback, you have a scout team offense, and they get to see those guys not run their offense but run somebody else's off cards. And, but they see them make plays. They see the athletic ability. And, and in training camp, I'm telling you, these guys put on a show. Tompkins caught everything against everybody. One-on-ones against the Titans, and he dominated. One-on-ones against Miami, dominated. And Geiger has been up. You know, he's done some stuff on special teams. So at the end of the day, as Stephen A. would say, I just think that they feel like it's time, you know, and that there might also be, and I'm speculating a little bit here, but it's intelligent speculation that, um, yeah, maybe Darden wasn't like the greatest guy in the world to have around. I don't know. I don't know the kid. He's seemed okay to me, but, um, you know, you don't know what goes on in meetings. You don't know what goes on behind closed doors, but I do know they like those young receivers and I would expect that one or more of them, you know, might have a chance to come up and, uh, and play, but it's a weird time to do it because you're going all the way across the country on a short week. Uh, you're going to fly on Friday after practice and you're going to go play a really, really good San Francisco 49ers team, especially on offense. Um, well, maybe so, you're yeah. looking for some more speed on the offense. And if Could Jalen be. Darden wasn't good enough to be a receiver for you. Yeah, if he can't play receiver, right. Right. No, that's you know, a good point. Maybe if one of these guys are up, you're going to see more jet sweeps and things like that, that this team doesn't mm-hmm. really run much. That's right. Yeah, they're, and they're smaller guys. You mm-hmm. know, they're not the typical wide receiver you see with the Bucks, you know, the Chris Godwins or the Julio Joneses. These are smallish guys that you absolutely could run jet, jet sweeps mm-hmm. with them. They play bigger than they are. Like, they catch the ball. Like I, I mean, seriously, man, um, Tom, Tompkins, some of the catches he made and was mossing bigger, taller, stronger corners and, and, you know, the one-on-ones against the Titans and things. So impressive with him. And and we don't – here's the other thing. We don't watch practice. We're not allowed to watch practice. We see warm-ups. We see some special team stuff. We're out there for about 15 minutes. And they, they shoo us off into the media room before they can start practice. And so I don't know – if not one or both of these guys have been making plays everywhere. And you also have Tyler Johnson, who was on the practice squad, as another another receiver that Tom has made some big plays with. So we'll see what they end up doing in terms of adding players, you know, back on the 53. Um, but that one, that one was a little shocking to me. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. All right, and some other NFL news. Speaking of the 49ers, uh, they had a chance to pick up a quarterback if they wanted to and not just go with Brock Purdy, which seems to be the plan for now. 
a couple of reasons why. One is that they apparently got some good news on Jimmy Garoppolo. He may, and I, I would underline this with a big M, he may not require surgery, and so they think possibly, possibly, perhaps there's a chance, according to my sources, that he could come back maybe in the playoffs at some point. That would be, you know, Willis Reed like, I mean, off the bat. But um, good news for Jimmy GQ. Um, devastating that he got hurt. And he, you know, not for nothing, but the San Francisco is down to their third quarterback. And I would just say it's hard for a rookie quarterback to win in this league, much less win playoff games, much less go to the Super Bowl. Um, but, you know, he may have to try to do it unless, unless Garoppolo can get back. But some slimmer of hope. Uh, on the news front for uh, for the 49ers. The other thing that happened in the NFL, which was shocking to me, because the timing, every nothing about it makes any sense at all. The Titans fired their general manager, John Robinson, J-Rob, as we called him. And it it's odd, right, that, I mean, usually if there's a firing, it's not the general manager during the middle of the year or towards the end of the year in this case. And certainly not when that team is still well into contention. And last year, just last season, was the number one seed in the AFC. Now, you know, they they crapped out, you know, in the first round. And that wasn't too good. Um, Ryan Tannehill didn't have the best of games. But they're a perennial playoff contender and number one seed in the AFC just a year ago. And, uh, you know, a, a team that I think is either winning the division or playoff, you know, worthy right now. They're in first place in their division. Ah, okay, so there you go. Um, and like I said, you paid the guy. So what the hell? What's going on? And I asked some people in and around, you know, wh- why we know the name John Robinson. He he was Jason Light's right-hand man, mm-hmm. you know, for the first several years. He came, he worked in New England, uh, you know, was, was a scout there, was a front office guy there. And I thought he was responsible for some, you know, some decent draft picks as Jason Light's right-hand guy. Uh, then he gets a job with Tennessee and does really, really well, gets the championship game one year and, and you know, uh, winning seasons. So what I think, since the timing is so messed up, either there's something weird or nefarious or something we'll never know, that, you know, that somebody was insulted to the point where or they need to, HR needs to protect. I'm not predicting this. I'm just saying, like, it's that kind of thing that you would fire a guy because otherwise it makes no sense. The only reason that it would make sense and I've seen it. I've seen this happen. I've seen it happen during a season. The head coach has gotten all the power. The head coach is getting so big, and is such a big personality. And you know, was AFC Coach of the Year a year ago. Probably doesn't see eye to eye with John Robinson. Um, you know, probably upset they don't have better players than other teams do. They need wide receiver help for one. Uh, and you know, they didn't do anything at the trade deadline and. For whatever reason, he likely has a pretty good audience with the owners, you know, by saying, hey, I either do or I don't want to work here with this guy anymore. So it feels to me, and I saw this with John Gruden and Rich McKay after John had won the Super Bowl. I remember, you know, talking to some people. It was like, you know, when John's up there holding the Lombardi trophy, just look at Rich's face because Bon Jovi's playing my life, and it's over. <laughs> it's done. Because uh, the next season, with about three games to go, Rich was you know went from Tampa and then became the Falcons' general manager. But I, I kind of I wonder about that too. I just I just wonder, you know, if 
that's not the case with with Mike Brabel because he's such a big personality and that team, you know, responds to him so well. So, yeah, just kind of a weird deal altogether in Tennessee. All right, Steve, you were at Emily Arena where the Detroit Red Wings beat the Tampa Bay Lightning 4-2, to two, a couple of empty netters there at the end. I'm watching this game, and I was thinking, and of course, what Steve Yeiserman is now the GM of Detroit. Am I right about that? That is correct. And you know who they remind me of? The Lightning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they really do. Um, they kind of muddied up the game a little bit that way, and it was it was a fat, you know, it was, it was a, a lot of speed and, and and uh, a good number of shots on goal until the lightning kicked it into a gear I had not seen for a while in the third period, and they just peppered Detroit with shots. And, and credit to their goaltender, you know, made a lot of saves. Um, but I thought they outplayed them. You know, if they if they'd approached any of those previous two periods like that, they would probably would have won the game. Um, entertaining game. But well, the third period you, was entertaining. I don't know if the first two. Was. I don't know the rest of it was. Yeah, it was kind of it was kind of muddied. But like, what what did you make of them losing to Detroit? When look, I, I think they're fine as far as points go. They were they were hanging on to third, I think. And their Detroit's uh, in now their tied division. with them for third. So yeah. I mean, look, it's too early to look at standings every day. So yeah, I mean, the Lightning are in, in good shape right now. They're what six games above hockey five hundred. Mm-hmm. Twenty five games in, you're fine. Yeah. I don't look at the standings. I look at they played really poorly for two periods mm-hmm. and didn't deserve to win that game. Yet, yeah. because of how well they came out in the third, they had a shot to win that game. They, they put did. 30 they shots on net in the third period. That's crazy. It's the second most ever in franchise history. They put 33 <laughs> up against Chicago back in 2018 in October. Goodness. So they played really well in the third period. They just couldn't hold the puck in the first two periods, mm-hmm. couldn't get any momentum going. But you said the Red Wings look a lot like the Lightning. Not only is Steve Eisenman the general manager, and he's building the team, but who's their head coach? It's Derek Lalonde, who's been an assistant for the Lightning oh, for yeah. the past four seasons. I'd for, yeah, I'd forgotten completely yeah. about that. And now their mm-hmm. former head coach, Jeff Blaschel, is an assistant on the Lightning now. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, Detroit's an up-and-coming team. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they'll make the playoffs this year. I mean, right now, if, if the playoffs started today, they're in. Right, but we'll see. But they're getting better. They're they're finally they've added some veterans this year to a young mix. They they think they're now starting to be ready to compete. Right, and so they're they're a good team. I wouldn't say they're a great team. They're a good team, but they took it to the Lightning for the first two periods. Lightning mm-hmm. woke up, and you know whatever was said in the locker room or it resonated. They yeah. just didn't want to lose, and they they had mm-hmm. a shot. Yeah, it's I mean, two to one at one point, and then they get a kind of a, a, a hundred and ninety-eight foot <laughs> empty netter. Yeah, they pulled the goalie. It was down two nothing. They pulled the goalie. What five minutes to go? Five and a half minutes to go. Yeah, they end up worked. getting a goal, but then they give up an empty netter. Yeah, and then they get a goal back, and they give up another empty netter. Mm-hmm. But I mean, look, the Lightning are on a six-game homestand. They beat Toronto on Saturday night. They lose to Detroit. You got four games left in this homestand. You need to do better on Thursday. The Predators are coming to town. Unfortunately, Ryan McDonough's on IR now. Oh, wow. I'm not sure if he'll be here Thursday or not. Mm. Uh, but he will not play. But I'm sure this is Nashville's only time into into town they're this year. they do the tribute on him. Yeah, yeah, they're on the West Coast, so you hope he's here. But, but the Lightning need to do better Thursday. They need to play like they play like they play in the third period. 
more often no, than fine. not, they're going to be, be fine. They'll be real fine. Yeah. Because they were humming. And Anthony Sorelli, it's only a second game back. That team is so much better when he's on the ice. Yeah. He just makes is. things happen. You know who looked fresher to me? And maybe I was just seeing what I wanted to see. It looked like Victor Hedman was skating faster. Mm-hmm. He looks like he's been better the last five, six, seven games. Yeah. I don't know maybe if something just, was bothering him earlier in the year or not. Maybe just getting his legs under him, getting you know, starting to get going a little bit. But he was, he was, he looked like Victor Hedman to me. You know who else is playing really well now, and he's been moved up to the third line. He's playing with Sorelli right now. It's Pat Maroon. Maroon, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, you know, we had him on on radio in the first period intermission, right. and asked him. You know about about you know what's going so well, and he's playing with Sorelli. He goes, he does everything. He goes, yeah. he makes everybody better. You know, yeah. Um, Good players will do that. Yeah, I mean, sure. he goes, he you know, he goes to the dirty areas. He wins faceoffs. He does all. He plays the game right. Does that? You know, never stops. Yeah, and having him back in this lineup, and it's only a second game back, but it's going to make this team so much better. Yeah, it's an important home stand though because you've got like four or five mm-hmm. games here. They also play Seattle, I think, next Tuesday or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, they you know you want to win. You, it's tough to win on the road. You want to take care of business as much as you can at Emily. So you'll start racking some points. But um, yeah, good job by Detroit. I mean, they came in, they were ready to play, and kind of kind of took it to the Lightning for a couple periods anyway, and then they withstood the barrage of uh, of shots and whatnot. So I'll be at what one buck place, uh, you know, later today. I mean, they they're going to resume practicing. It was it was really sort of a short short night for them. Um, we talked to Todd Bowles at like eight forty five in the morning after being up till three a.m. and then, um, you know, so the Bucks really didn't get that much time. And then they're back at it today. Back at it Thursday. They'll practice. They'll have their sort of their abbreviated practice like they do every Friday. And then they're going to get on a plane Friday afternoon and fly all the way to San Francisco. Probably do a walkthrough on Saturday someplace and then uh, play the game on Sunday and fly back. So this is, uh, you know, when you have a Monday night game and then you're on the road the next week, teams typically don't fare that well against a really good football team, the 49ers, which we'll break down later, but a rookie quarterback in Brock Purdy. So, um, you know, the Bucks will, will definitely uh, relish, I think, playing a young quarterback, although they haven't fared very well against young quarterbacks all year. So why start now, right, with uh, the number one defense out there? in san francisco so we'll talk about that we'll talk a little college football at some point with matt baker this week Uh, lots of news on the usf coach and what he's all about and as well as you know the transfer portal has cranked up at full speed deon sanders in colorado Uh, we've got the national championship picture now settled heisman trophy is this weekend so lots to talk about with matt baker later this week keep it right here on sports day tampa bay and check out all the latest on the Tampa Bay Times and on TampaBay.com. For Steve Ersnick, I'm Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 